Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. You can't put an old head on young shoulders. Whoever came up with that line, you never met this bloke. Tough, loyal and often forced to carry the load off the field. But who is Tim Manor? Oh, that is the first time I've asked that. Um, I think if I'm being brutally transparent, I think I'm still trying to figure that out as well. Yeah. Um, I am really intentional on making sure that Tim Manor isn't um, what I do. So Tim Manor isn't, wasn't the footy player. Tim Manor isn't, um, you know, the current um, media personality slash finance guy. Tim yep. Manor, um, Tim Manor is someone who I think is trying to navigate through the journey of life and do it in a way that can have as much as a positive impact on those around him. Um, and like I said, that's, that's, that's changing every day. So Tim Manor today is going to hopefully grow tomorrow and keep transforming. So there's no set um, answer for that. But a very deep question. It's a very um, interesting mm-hmm. question. I, I think um, I was pretty fortunate throughout my whole life to have a lot of good mentors in my life that yep. really helped shape my view of myself as well. Um, and I think that's a pretty, the, the biggest pitfall of what happens to athletes is um, their identity is what they do. Mm. Um, and I just I was very clear at the start of you know, answering that question is um, I'm not what I do. So uh, who I am is more than that. Mm. Um, and that's I think that's where a lot of people in retirement really fall over because they've had an identity of themselves for so long of, you know, I'm a footy player. So when footy playing, when you get taken away from you and you're no longer a footy player, they don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, I was pretty fortunate from a young age that people – kind of drilled into my brain that mm. you play football but you're not that's not who you are um so i've always had a, a bit of a balance in my life um you know throughout the early years i was i was studying and my parents forced me to keep studying when i was playing um so i did a business degree um then i would finish that, i did a financial planning diploma finished that, did my real estate license um, my whole career i was always just um keeping my life balanced and understanding that footy isn't the be all and end all of my life you mentioned the mentors um, and, a, and a level of grounding. To me, 
you're always the older guy, not in terms of age, but in terms of attitude, behaviours, maturity. You were very much a foundation also for many guys around you throughout your career. Let's call it guidance, mentoring. Does that sit well with you? Um, well, if I go back to the mentors, they're a big part of why I had that. You know, I was really fortunate from, if I go back to my high school footy coach, my PE teacher, Mr. Jackson, and the lessons in life he taught me at a young age. Um, and then going all the way through the grades, I had a really good coach at Parramatta when I was in the junior system, um, in Joey Grimer, who, yep. who was really good at raising men rather than just footy players. Yep. Um, and he helped guide me. Then I had Matt Cameron, who, uh, to this day, I've got so much respect for. He, um, he he made me captain of the um, the first twenty team, the Holden Cup back in the day. Yep. Um, and I still remember he gave me a book by John Maxwell, um, and it really helped my leadership. And and okay. I just thought the fact that he was investing into me as a human, mm. um, as and as a man, I was you know there's not many coaches out there. Most coaches that were trying to go out there and win games, whereas he yeah. he saw the bigger picture. Um, you know, fast forward, Nathan Kalis was a hero of mine um, yep. coming through the grades. Uh, rather than seeing you know a young front row as a threat, he he saw an opportunity to mentor me, and you know after training he take me under his wing and yep. you, know, you know teach me some extra skill and um, for me to be able to observe you know a hero of mine that closely and, and see the way he did things, um, yeah. you know was, I was able to learn a lot. So yeah, you say I was a bit of a, like an, an old head on young shoulders, but the people that I had in my life that really guided me along the way in that yeah. in that sense, um, it re- wasn't coincidence. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty fortunate and. Uh, leadership was something that I was always ready for because from a young age it was, it was kind of thrust on me and yep. I was um, I had a taste of it early on which helped make it easier when I got older. You're a religious family. You've put your trust in your faith. How important is that to the manners? How important has that been getting you to where you are now in your journey? Oh, mate, it's, it's huge. For me, my faith isn't a part of my life. It's not like something I do on a Sunday. It's a, it's my whole life revolves around yeah. my faith. So like my faith is in every part. So in my career, in my family life, in my, even my ha- hobbies and whatever I do, yeah. my career is, is who I am. Uh, sorry, my faith is who I am. Um, you know, and it's obviously pretty well documented about you know, the passing of my brother. Yep. Uh, you know, he was 23. And um, if it wasn't for my faith, I'd actually don't know how I would handle that. He was, he was my best mate. He yep. was my roommate, my teammate. Uh, he was, every, we did everything together. So if it's, yeah. If I didn't have that faith and that assurance of knowing where he was going, and I'll see him again, and um, it would have been a really challenging time for me. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, you know, I look, I, I laugh, but we, you know, as youth group, uh, I remember youth group at church, that twelve-year-olds, we're getting taught things about leadership that you know, para would, or would pay someone twelve grand to come in and do a, like a course or, to, and a lot of this stuff, like you're learning in these leadership talks at the NRL level. Yeah. And like, we're going to talk this in church when we were like 12 about how to be good youth leaders and how to mentor and help the younger kids coming through. Wow. Like, so it's, um, that had another big part of helping me kind of um, learn a lot about that life lessons. That is super interesting. Um, you're a clean skin. No negative marks, negative headlines against your name. 11-year career. It doesn't happen often. But with you, it doesn't surprise me. Is it something you look back on proudly? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Like, it's it's so easy for players to fall in the trap of doing it is, the wrong yeah. thing. Um, I'm not asking you to judge here. I'm yeah, not asking yeah. you to judge others. But yeah. your your individual journey has been um, exemplary. Well, I've got some of my best mates that have 
and and they're the, some of the best guys I know, but they've ended up in positions where they've got marks in their name now, which yep. you know, they've they got to kind of have their kids, you know, be able to see with one Google search. And mm. so I guess, you know, it's, it is nice to get through a career in the spotlight and not have those marks against your name. Um, you know, that said, it's it wasn't a big emphasis on mine. It wasn't like I was trying to to not have any marks. It was just... Um, you being you. I was just trying to, yeah, just mm. be the best version of myself I could and... Um, and again, you know, a, a lot of the people that helped raise me from a young age all the way through to an adult help make it not a coincidence. Um, yep. But the reality is, mate, we play a sport that is very blue collar, and yep. you know, a lot of situations of, of guys that do end up in trouble there, they haven't had the the best you know situation of upbringing, yep. and you know, there's a lot of circumstances that go towards things that could get them in hot water. Um, and I'm just fortunate enough that I had a a pretty healthy um, childhood. You mentioned one Google search and you find out about anyone's entire history, there's a lesson for you young ones listening. Tim and I don't want to sound like old farts here, but <laughs> that's the reality of, of this year, a one Google search. Yeah. Jeez, um, it, could, it could break relationships. Well, you know what's even happening now, mate? Even the um, like people are getting in trouble for stuff they tweeted when they were like 14 years old, you know, yeah. like, uh, everything's yeah. in the archives. Everything's out. Everything's like you know. So you just got to be really careful, especially kids like coming through now. Um, it's so easy. Like I, I can only imagine if Twitter and that was around when I was a kid. Oh. Some of the stupid stuff I might have said as a kid. Yep. Um, I think it's just really important that people understand that there's a lot more pressure on those guys because they got to realize that yeah, it might be funny at the time, but things that you yep. might think now might not be funny. And yeah, look at comedians. Eh? Jokes they made and some of the TV shows I love that were hilarious when we were younger. Yeah, all of a sudden now they're taboo because you know society's changing at a fast pace. So even some of the stuff as recent, I guess, as Seinfeld or Friends, mate, yeah, yeah. there is there are lines in every episode of those shows that you just couldn't get away with. Yeah, yeah, and um, I actually heard a podcast of I don't know if you watched Entourage before. Yeah, so the, it, it was the producer of Entourage, the writers of Entourage, and they were saying how. They cop so much flack now, even though it was such a popular show, but because that characters in there that were like, you know, the Ari Gold who would attack yeah. his assistants and call them all kinds of names. Because now if you try to do that, you'd mm. be absolutely ruined. But, yeah. Um, but, we, you know, it's, it's to this day one of my favourite TV shows. Cause, yep. So it's, it's funny how, um, you know, how careful you got to be in, in, in what you say because, um, you know, fast forward 15 years, you don't know what is mm. funny anymore. Hey, let's talk footy, Timmy. Two thousand nine, round one. You made your debut. Tell me about the day and its memories as we sit here. Um, the, the, my biggest memory was I strained my hamstring in the captain's run before the game, and we're flying in New Zealand the day yeah. before the game. Um, so I was in doubt up until you know kickoff. I still remember you know annoying the physio the day before the game, and I was doing sprints up and down the corridor of my room, trying like the hotel, trying to see if it's good to go. And we got it right. It was fine. Um, but that distraction actually helped me not focus on the fact that I was debuting in the NRL. Yep. I was so concerned with making sure I could play and getting my body right that the whole the whole event really was a secondary thing. Yeah. Um, being in New Zealand as well, so I was away from the all the noise. Yeah. It was actually it was a perfect way for me to debut. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we didn't win the game, but I actually got to do it in a way where I had a lot of fun. My brother... And my two best mates came over. Um, Very cool. And yeah, just it was just a great experience. When you're a kid, you just think if I could play one first row game, yep. um, you know, I've made, I've, I'll be happy to retire. But um, I was really fortunate to do it in round one as well. Um, things worked out for me, 
you know, unfortunately, Junior Paulo got injured in a trial game, and he had that jersey, you know, not, yeah. ju- not young Junior Paulo, the older, the older the Junior Paulo. Yeah. So the jersey was his mm. all, all summer, and I was kind of like next in the wings. And yep. when he got injured, I just performed really well in the trial games, and it was out of me and Broderick Wright to debut. Yeah. And I got the, the nod round one, and... Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat, just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. I was fortunate enough to hold on to that spot and I didn't miss a game that whole season. So. Which is amazing for anyone, let alone a young front rower. At 21, you played all 28 games. Yeah, well, I, I joke around now, but I was uh, I could not milk the matches any further. So <laughs> that first year, I was on uh, match payments. Um, and the way it works is for every game you play, you get an extra match payment. Yep. And I played you know, the 24-round games. And then because we finished eighth, I played four finals games. So you couldn't have played any more games in the season. So uh, they were very quick to take me off matches the following year. Here's the Parramatta side then. Going to Jared Hayne, he stops, he stammers, he hesitates, three strides, one blade of grass. He's still going, Jared Hayne, he's going to score! He has scored! One of the season's best! Simply dancing! Dancing his way through the opposition! The Delhi M Player of the Year, Jared Hayne has scored! Along and to this day, great relationship and mateship with Jared Hayne. How do you explain to someone just how hot he was in 2009? Oh, it's, it's, you, you were there. So you, yep. you, like for people that were there and not only spectators, but you were actually close to the game. So you were yeah. like you know, on the sidelines. People that could touch it and feel it could understand. To anyone else, it's hard to explain what he was doing at that time. Mm. Um, I heard Heine talk on stage the other day and credit a lot of forwards for the work they did as well in that 09 run. But if I'm going to be honest, it doesn't matter what we did as a forward pack, yeah. what he was doing, some of the stuff he did, the, the fear he put in those opposition players and the way that they all kind of would, would give him that time and space because I was so scared of what he could do. That extra time and space helped him be even better. Yep. Uh, I'm saying, you know, I'm actually seeing flashes of Latrell, like what he's doing now. Okay. There's some similarities, but. Yeah. But Jared was in a bit of a twilight zone where he was so confident that, like, we'd come into the sheds before a game and it wasn't, are we going to win or are we going to lose? Like, how much are we going to win by? Like, we're yeah. so confident. We had music. Confidence has never been an issue with Jared. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's true. Although, Grand Final Day, he came with two left boots. And I remember thinking, oh, no, we're in trouble here. Oh. So they had like a police escort go back to his house so they can pick up his boots and get it back to the stadium in time for the game. And- wow. Uh, random question. Jared in 09, Benny Barber in 12, Tommy Travojevic, 21. Who was hottest? Oh, Jared. And yeah. I know that probably sounds a bit biased, but um, Benny Barber, was that, he was at Dogs at that time, wasn't he? Yeah. So that's, that's – I know Jared fell short of a grand final, but I think – Turbo, where where his run was incredible. Yeah, so probably last year, probably would have 
match Jared is if he kind of got there. Got there. I thought yep. once the finals came around, we probably needed to see a bit more to yep. kind of cement that for yeah. you, Tommy. Um, Benny Baba wasn't fire, but I don't think Benny struck the fear into the hearts like Jared did. Agreed. You know, Jared, um, while he, he could do some freaky stuff talent-wise, he also had this intimidating figure, like yep. kind of like Turbo, where, you know, yeah. Um, you know, opposition players would, you know, he could look at you and run over you as well, which I don't think Benny had the ability to do. The first year you were beaten in the grand final by Melbourne, so close but so far. The Storm would later, years later, be stripped of their title due to salary cap indiscretions. Do you recall your reaction and where you first heard about the news? Yeah, it wasn't years later. It was actually the next year. So it was, uh, was it? It was, 2010? Yeah, 2010, okay. yeah. So I still remember we were playing at Townsville the next year against the Cowboys. And um, I was, Philby Foy and Kayla's were rooming together. And a few of us were in their, in their room when the news broke. So watching on TV, trying to figure out what does that mean? Like, does, does that mean, do we um, win it? Do we, do we get a, um, so there was so much like, still, even though the, the news broke, there was still so much uncertainty of what that meant. Yeah. Um, but reality is, mate, even if they were to gift it to us, it, wasn't, it wouldn't be the same. You, know, you, yep. want, you wanted to be able to enjoy the grand final day in the moment. Mm. And, um, and for, just funnily enough, it didn't really bother me. Like I didn't feel too- You didn't feel ripped off? I didn't feel ripped off. Yeah. Eh? Mate, well, you fast forward a couple of years later, Parra would cheat the South Cup as well, and we won a wooden spoon. So, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. at least they did something well with it. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think the players, like the, the Melbourne Storm players, they, you know, they were good enough to win it. Um, yep. And it's one thing to have the talent, but it's another thing they still had to perform, and um, there's not many hard feelings there. 2010, you debut in blue, playing the one game, then all three the following year, just wearing the sky blue once. What was that like? Yeah, so the first one was Bellamy's last game. Um, okay. I came into camp. It was a dead rubber. We'd lost the first two. Um, and it was a bit of a somber camp. It was a very weird feeling. I remember, um, you know, the bonding night wasn't really a bonding night. It was in our hotel lobby, a few drinks. Yeah. Um, and then camp was actually really tough. It was, you know, it was like we were doing a preseason. Like, you know, I remember the captain's run before a game was intense. I remember thinking, this is how Melbourne must train because it's full on. Yep. Um, but it wasn't an enjoyable experience. I remember thinking, because it was, it was a dream come true to play Origin. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember after playing it, well, I thought, you know what, I've played it. And if I don't play it again, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's yep. like, tick that box. Uh, fast forward 12 months and introduced Ricky Stewart to the fold. And I played, I played all three with Ricky yeah. next year. And that game one, um, I had a real appreciation for Origin. And I never wanted to miss out again. Like, I remember going home from that game one series thinking, this is the best experience of my whole life. It was the best thing I've ever done. Wow. Uh, Ricky just real, and it's nothing against Craig Bellamy. I think it was just, it was a game three. The, the, the year before was kind of like everyone was embarrassed. The series was over. This, you know, the, you know Bellamy was done. He knew it was his last game. Almost, let's get back to club footy. Yeah, quickly. so it yeah. wasn't the experience that I thought it'd be. But then the next year was exactly what I thought Origin was about. And yeah, yeah. Ricky was just, he, he got it. He we brought Tommy Rodonikas in for a talk about Origin. And our team bonding nights were just, you know, monumental. And, yeah. you know, everyone, within one day, everyone was best friends. And, yep. um, yeah, so some of my best footy memories are still from those camps. So, um, very cool. I remember thinking, this is, this is why it's, this is special. Yeah. It wasn't always fun at Parramatta, mate. Over your years there, the board were at each other constantly. When they did actually agree, a rival faction within the club would create issues. As a result, the, the football club became a, a battle of survival. Guys were defending their jobs. That created 
uncertainty in the football department, in the playing group. I'm as passionate as eel as anyone. And I look from a distance and say, wow, what a period that was a shambles. I cannot start to imagine how tough that would have been on you guys just watching the joint explode week after week or month after month. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned I was actually having lunch with Jared on Sunday and we were talking about we couldn't have picked the worst 10-year window to play at the club. Yep. Um, well, he, his window was a bit longer, but you know, I was doing some maths and we saw you know, so four board changes, complete different boards come in and out. Um, and when you say completely different, completely different in every aspect, in philosophy, in structure, they were sworn enemies, basically. Mate, so, yeah, so you, the, a board would come in and even staff that were in the office, if they were affiliated or friends with the old board, they'd get results. Yep. So it was so hard for people. Like There was no consi- like stability in terms yep. of consistency. Um, you know, I had six coach changes in, in my 11 years. Yeah. Hainsey had nine different coaches at, at the club. Um, you know, we had – I had – I think it was six different CEOs. Um, so it was just a, absolutely, it was a, it was a messy period and it's impossible to have success when you, each coach comes in and they'll come in and they'll clean out because every, every coach has their own playing style. As, as every CEO at a business does, they want their people there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, Jared and I, we got made captain at age of 25. And, yep. Um, I even remember that when, um, when Ricky left, and you know, to this day, I'm, I know Para fans have their view on Ricky. I, I, I love Sticky. I've got a, yeah. a lot of time for him. And a lot of that got to do with, you know, like even when my brother Johnny was sick at Cronulla when he was playing for Sticky, mm. mate, Sticky would be coming and visiting my parents' house and he'd had a lot of time. Like my parents to this day love him. Yep. Um, but he, when he left at the end of 13, I still remember fronting the media before our CEO or anyone else. Like, I was kind of like the the front man and, you know, all the journalists are asking questions about yeah. what's happening and we didn't even have the answer. We didn't even know what, what was going on. Um, what a position to put a captain in. Yeah, and so I think looking back at my career, I, I always say when I got made captain, that's kind of when my career changed in terms of before 25, pre-25, yep. I was living the dream, playing first grade, playing mm-hmm. Origin, like everything was fun. And then when you get made captain, that's yeah. what I don't tell you. Like, as a kid, everyone wants to be captain. Everyone wants to. Yeah. That's when everything started to become less fun. Um, you know, you, if you lost a game instead of going out on the weekend, or you know, like yeah. you actually wouldn't sleep at night because you're trying to figure out what do we have to do to win, yep. how we turn around, the pressure, the scrutiny, the everything changed once you get captaincy. Um, and on top of that, you know, we had so many different you know coaches come in and out that um, you know, it was just a shambles. We had some got like, we had some years where we had a playing squad that wouldn't have like you know a lot of our team would not be playing first grade anywhere else. It just wasn't up to it. Yeah, you look around and you think, yep. like, how they, like, yeah, some of these guys shouldn't be playing first grade. Yep. Um, that's just a situation. Mate, I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but there, there is no way an individual athlete, let alone an entire team, can function anywhere near their optimum level when there's uncertainty, constant uncertainty, surrounding their club. Am I right or am I off the mark? Uh, yes and no, but to be honest, as a kid, you kind of you're sheltered from that. Like, so as a young first grader, it doesn't matter how many board changes. Like, you know, I'm looking at other clubs now, and it doesn't matter what happens to the board. We don't really feel it as a young athlete. You just like I remember my first year, 2009, was the first year that Dennis Gerald's crew kind of got wiped out, and we yep. had a new crew come in. And as a kid, I didn't, didn't affect me at all. Like, yep. I just went out there, still played football, job myself. Didn't yep. know, I had no idea about the politics about it all. Yeah. What did you? What does a new board mean? What does that mean? 
We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legend series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. Their stories are simply amazing. The Rugby League Superpod drops in time for your weekend. It's full-on and the hottest podcast on the market with at least a dozen interviews every episode. Current day superstars and former legends drop into chat footy and share plenty of laughs. It's loose, we love it, and you will too. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to the stars themselves? Then on Saturday, the Firebrand weekend session is a new addition to our lineup. We're chatting with the players and coaches about barbecues, beers, and who you'd invite to your place for the perfect weekend session. It's hilarious. To keep the content coming, we'd ask if you could spare 30 seconds when you're done here and leave us a five-star rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. It's huge for us as we look to expand the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends 